Good morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever it is, wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the very first 13th episode of the Nerd Rage Podcast here on the Nerd Rage Podcast Network. That's right, folks. We are doing episode 13, our first episode in over nine months. We are not skipping to episode 14 because we do not believe in superstitions, except the Illuminati. My name is Alex Frazza, folks. I, as always, am your host, and I'm joined today by a longtime friend, kid I've known for almost 20 years. He's a film buff and also a guy. His name <laughs> is Aaron Laramie. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing well, Fraz. How are you? I'm uh, excited to be here. I'm really glad to have you, my friend. So, me and Aaron have go way back. We've been talking about movies together since we were in elementary school. Mm -hmm. So, he gave me the idea, hey... At the end of 2017, why don't we do a podcast? Because I have a podcast thing, right? That's mm -hmm. how you refer to it. And why don't we do like a year-end best of 2017 movies? Because, you know, just living through 2017 as I successfully did, I realized <laughs> there were a lot of great movies last year. A lot of great movies. Like, like, yeah, like compa sure. compared to normal. Like every mm -hmm. year there's like a few good ones, some really great ones you enjoy. 2017 was like... Classic, 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 classic. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. So, um, well, here we are. So, uh, I guess we're going to break th that down. Uh, before we do, well, let the podcast listeners uh, know a little bit about you, Aaron. Uh, what uh, brought you up with a big love of movies? I know you and your dad enjoyed a lot well, of that. Well, I can tell you for sure, yeah, my both my mom and my dad have uh, had a pretty significant influence on my love of movies. Um, I've watched movies... You know, and all kinds of movies from action to romance, from G to R, basically, since I was five years old. Uh, first movie I ever saw in the womb was Jurassic Park. Uh, so I've been, you know, a lifelong like Spielberg fan. And I, I don't know, I think movies are a pretty amazing form of, you know, expression. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make a rerun. Wait, of course. <laughs> your, your, your mother, while she was pregnant, told you that she watched Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, they went to go. I think she was six, eight months pregnant, maybe. Did that induce your birth by any chance? I, I don't think so. I have not heard uh, enough of that story, I would say. But, uh, yeah, may, uh, maybe. Okay. Well, <laughs> on that note, uh, again, it is a great pleasure to have you here. Uh, uh, Long-time listeners, all three of you, hi, Mom, Dad, and my <laughs> sister, of the Nerd Rage Podcast know I am a big fan of movies. Of course. So um, it's really a thrill to have you here to break it down 2017. So the way we're going to do this, I'm going to break down my list of the top 10 movies of 2017. Mm -hmm. Aaron is going to comment on those movies. Then we're going to go down his list. We're going to skip over any repeats. Then we're going to go through our honorable mentions, and just for fun, we're going to tell you what the worst movies we saw last year were. Spoiler alert, it's Justice League. So, so uh, with that being said, uh, you ready? Can I uh, begin the top ten oh, countdown? absolutely. For All sure. right. So, number ten movie last year, Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Yeah. Baby Driver. I got to tell you. I've act now. I know how cool Edgar Wright is. I know he was working on Ant Man for seven years. I know the people are big fans of the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. I actually haven't seen any of them. Yeah, I I have not either. I, I have to admit. Yeah. But but I know he's like a big cult like director. So my buddy, sure. big Edgar Wright fan, and he told me you got to see this movie Baby Driver. And it's like John Hamm, John Bernthal, Kevin Spacey, and this was before the you know yeah, the Kevin pre, Spacey pre Kevin Spacey pre pre Kevin Spacey okay. bad pre bad Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Um, what a wild movie. It, it's one of the 
coolest like pure action movies I've seen in a long time. It's got probably the best synced soundtrack I can ever recall seeing in a movie, like right up there with like Pulp Fiction. But like the cool thing about Baby Driver is like every single beat of every song is perfectly timed to the film on screen. It's 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 a work of art. I, I can't say enough about it. I I would tend to agree. I actually I have uh, Baby Driver as my number seven movie and uh i I even higher all right i I do and i think uh a lot of it has to do with the style of the movie because it it absolutely it wasn't a perfect movie it didn't kind of break the mold as far as action movies or anything like that i'll I'll agree with that but i think stylistically like you said the soundtrack the stylized action sequences i mean it was exciting from the i mean the very opening scene was you know a pretty uh, a pretty unbelievable uh, action sequence. Oh my god! So the, the, I think, the, these were like you know, right I, out of the gate. It was it was something special for sure. Oh, absolutely! Like the, like the car chases alone. Like I thought I was watching Blues Brothers. Like oh yeah, my yeah, god! Yeah, for sure. Oh, love Baby Driver. Okay, number nine. Gonna give it you know genre heavy. Like people mm-hmm. are gonna say, oh oh, franchise movies don't count. BS. There's some of the best movies that come out last <laughs> year. Thor Ragnarok. Man. I, look, I'll go see any of the Marvel movies. I'm a Marvel fan. I like Chris Hemsworth. And I like the previous two Thor movies. They were okay. Yeah, I agree. But, like, I I didn't ever see a Thor movie and walk out going, wow, that was freaking amazing. And, boy, was Thor Ragnarok good. It it was partly because it was really good. Partly, I didn't expect it to be that good. You know, Mm -hmm. you walk in, it's got, it's like... I mean, I've never done acid. <laughs> it's it's like it's like a rainbow of colors the entire movie, nothing but laughter and joy, despite the entire destruction. Spoilers of Thor's home, you know, city, planet, whatever. And <laughs> I don't think you say spoilers after. Well, whatever. I mean, look, it no, came out I, four months no, ago. I, I, I'll give it to you. Yeah. No, yeah so uh, no, just really, just you know, it's constantly hilarious. Uh, music's great. I love how they used Immigrant Song from Led Zeppelin twice in a movie, and I don't know how they got the rights to that to this day. (laughs) Uh, Gorgeous effects. Over-the-top Kate Blanchett, the most Jeff Goldblumy Jeff Goldblum I've ever seen. (laughs) Chris Hemsworth is like a comedic genius now. I always thought he was funny, but this is... Oh my God! And the director, Taika Waititi. Yeah, I I would love to touch on uh, Taika, because I I will admit again, I, uh, I have not seen Thor Ragnarok. I, uh, it's all which good. is which is disappointing because I do love uh, Taika Waititi. I've loved him. He was uh, a fairly significant contributor to Flight of the Conquers, which is a great uh, sitcom on HBO. Uh, he's made a couple films now. Uh, one called What We Do in the Shadows, which is that is the a, vampire, which th- is a vampire film. Oh my that god! Is, is excellent if you have not it's seen it. It's a comedy, it. right? It's a comedy, like, and it it is genuinely it is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, and I I really do mean that. Um, he actually, he had a film come out, I want to say it was last year, uh, called Hunt for the Wilder People, uh, which is also an excellent, like a family friendly, you know, like heartwarming film. Um, the dude is, uh, is supremely talented and I'm excited that he's really kind of blown up, I think with Ragnarok and I hope Marvel and, and, and any studio will give him as many opportunities. I think they'd be crazy because Thor wants to do another one. And like he filmed it in Australia, which is where he's from. So I was like, oh, I get to be home. Uh, I'm sure they'll do another Thor movie now, unlike, you know, Iron Man or Cap for. Um, and it's funny that that was the vampire thing again he did. Uh, it's it's called What We Do in the Shadows. Somebody showed me a trailer for that like a year before Thor Ragnarok came out. I was like, this is hilarious. It, I, it I is genuinely, it. It, it is hilarious. It's, it's somewhat hard to find. I want to say. 
I believe recently they may have added it to Netflix, though I, I am, do not quote me on that, because again, Netflix kind of moves their library, you know, they have films and shows kind of coming in and out. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it uh, with my family, kind of knowing uh, what TT's background with Flight of the Concords and whatever, which uh, I've, I love Flight of the Concords. Um, but yeah, we watched it, I remember watching it with my family, and we had to pause it four or five times You're during the first 10 much. minutes because we were, we were laughing so much that we, we genuinely, we had to stop it and rewind so we would catch all the jokes. Yeah, ab- ab- um, and I absolutely believe that. And again, I was yeah. just laughing because just seeing the trailer, like, wait, this is the guy who got the new Thor movie? And yeah. hey, he blew me away. He so is, loved he is it. supremely talented for sure. Trust so, me, I, I, I'm going to go see Thor as soon as I leave this podcast. I, I, I'm going to hold you accountable <laughs> for that. All right, guys, moving down. Number eight, the only movie this, actually, is that accurate? Yep, only movie this year, uh, no, one of two movies this year to make me cry, and that is Disney Pixar's latest masterpiece, Coco. Lee Uncrich, longtime film editor and director of Toy Story 3, Oscar-winning director of Toy Story 3, mind you, um, it was his follow-up project, again, like every Pixar movie, one of the most gorgeous animated films ever, and most importantly, what a wonderful film, like, for people of, you know, Mexican, you know, heritage, descent, and, and the culture of Mexico. Like, mm-hmm. they used an all-Hispanic cast, and just, you know, I know a lot of Mexican people in my life, like, how accurately they tried to portray the holiday of the Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful, but a charming story, and, oh, I, it brings a tear to my eye, you know, I yeah, loved it. Yeah, oh, and, and I agree. I mean, you basically... Pixar, I mean, can they make a mistake? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yes, know, it's, I, called, it's called Cars 2 right, and the yeah, Good Dinosaur. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, genuinely, like, it, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find, you know, uh, a film that Pixar doesn't do it justice, you know, in, in some form or another. And I, I think Coco definitely follows suit. I mean, it it is gorgeous. It's, it is it is heartbreaking in a way. But again, still a family film, very much like I would say Inside Out, where there were strong oh, emotional... Absolutely scenes and yet it still was kind of an approachable family film ultimately and i think that's really that kind of emotion and and uh th- that's what set I, I think that's what sets pixar apart ultimately from like a dreamworks well, or well, whatever well that's the thing that. like like coke a lot of movies animated movies have a lot of heart but none of them i think it's fair to say have heart on the level of a lot of Pixar's movies. Like th- this is mm-hmm. this is a a family film that can be truly appreciated by adults as well as children. And I think that's at the heart of the Pixar touch. You know. Oh, for sure. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, and I, I really do. I think that they they go out of their way, like you mentioned, to really kind of hit that authenticity. You know, they they really and part of the reason why their movies you know do stand out is they they go that extra mile to make it you know, to make it authentic, to really make it emotional. They they focus on the story and make sure there aren't, you know, little plot gaps or whatever the case may be. And I I think it ultimately, I mean, you see that in the final product. I, again, thought it was excellent. So moving on to number seven, the movie that blew me away for the sheer fact that, look, I was going to go see it no matter what, um, just to support the character, even though I did not think it had any chance of being good based on the other DC movies that we'd seen so far. And that's Wonder Woman, 2017's masterpiece. I'll go that far of, of the superhero genre by uh, Miss Patty Jenkins, who I never mm-hmm. saw it. She directed Monster, I guess, back in 2001 or something. I, I have not seen Monster, though. Uh, won Halle Berry and Oscar. I have heard it was excellent. Um, oh, wait, no. Did that win Halle Berry and Oscar? Was, she won an Oscar for Monster's Ball. That was Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron, yes. All right. Still. But yeah, so anyway, uh, Wonder Woman came 
I mean, I thought it came completely out of left field um, in that, look, you know, I thought Gal Gadot looked the part, uh, especially after I saw her in Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, she looks the part, but I mean, look, I saw Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman. I did not have high hopes, Suicide Squad. Yeah. And this movie came out, and like I did on the last podcast, I explained, I think it's good by sheer fact that the Warner uh, Warner executives ignored that it was being made, completely didn't care that <laughs> it was going on. Which is probably good for it, ultimately. And, and exactly, and that's why it's so great. Um, look, it's got a lot of heart. It is a movie that, I mean, I really don't think they sexualize Wonder Woman at all, which blew me away. But at the same time, she has a love story. You know, she shows you can still be a fighter and a warrior and still be a woman, still be a girl. Mm-hmm. And just the tastefulness of the whole thing, how beautifully it was shot. And I love Chris Pine as well. Yeah, Chris Pine is great. Un- un- unbelievable film. Mm-hmm. I And again, I think a film that uh, will ultimately stand the test of time, not just because it is an excellent film, but because of its cultural uh, relevance. And I feel like, Absolutely. as you mentioned, the fact that you know Wonder Woman does have a love interest, yet... It's kind of not the central part of the story. Her character isn't weighing on, you know, the decision she makes in this, you know, with this love interest or, you know, anything like that. I mean, she is strong and independent and kicks some serious ass. Oh, absolutely. And I, mean, and I think in a way that, like, it, even though I, I would argue it's definitely not the best movie that came out this year, I would say no, no, it's, no. it's probably the movie of the year with one that we'll probably talk about later that it's the cultural relevance of it and kind of the timing of well, everything I, coming together or I think kind of ascend it into another realm as far as relevance within... You know, absolutely right, especially here in North America. Yeah, that's the movie everybody saw this year more than any other. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, again, loved Wonder Woman cannot say enough nice things about it. For sure. Um, and of course, you had uh, Professor Lupin as a Greek god. <laughs> didn't, didn't know I'd be seeing that in my lifetime. So that was pretty cool. All right, number six, and uh, boy, am I upset this movie is not sending Tommy Wiseau to the Oscars, was The Disaster Artist. Um, Boy, (laughs) look, for those of you who don't know what The Room is, it's basically the worst movie ever made, made by this, like, Eastern European 60-year-old dude who claimed he was from, I'm from New Orleans, it's New Orleans accent. But... (laughs) He tried, um, man. He tried. Yeah, he's got money, and we don't know how. But anyway, he cr- crazy has story. all kinds of money for some reason. Well, yeah, it's from his website. You know what? TommyWiseau.com. He sells underwear and copies of The Room on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> but he had money before that to make The Room? Yeah, we don't know. I, I we don't, we don't know. Yeah, something. <laughs> so anyway, Room's Worst Movie Ever Made came out in 2003, and it's so bad, it became popular in Hollywood. So James Franco and a bunch of other celebrities found out about it, and they decided to make a movie mm-hmm. about the making of The Worst Movie Ever Made. Um, this movie, I mean, Dave Franco's great. Seth Rogen's great in it. It's completely sold by James Franco's flawless, pitch-perfect Im- imitation <laughs> of the, I thought, previously unimitatable, accurately, I, Tommy I Wiseau. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people were particularly blown away. And I, I, I think it is too bad that because of certain whatever, things because that may of have certain happened. things that were happening with Franco that may or may not have happened. Because as of now, there's been no official word kind of one way or another. It may have, um, it may have cost him a chance at being nominated for an Oscar mm-hmm. for best, uh, best lead actor. Mm-hmm. But I'll go beyond that. I, I think, I mean, if you have 10 best, 10 best picture categories, I, I really think this is something that could have deserved one. Like, yes, it's mm-hmm. a comedy, but you know, it's not a comedy like ha 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 funny it's a comedy but it's got a point it's about somebody who followed their dreams mm-hmm. despite everybody telling them they couldn't yeah. and he failed horribly anyway <laughs> but at least he tried he did try <laughs> and again I think 
I think a part of it is the story goes on through the continuation uh, now in a way that now I mean he's still relevant. He is going to the Oscars. He is going to these award shows. His you know his film may not have won awards, but the making of his film is winning awards. So uh, in a way, he you know won those awards. So, you know so I mean? Do you know the room got a wide release for the first time last month? I did. Yeah, yeah I did hear theaters. that they did oh, that. Yeah, which is I mean again. It's more money than I've made in movies. Oh yeah, no, I mean? no, he, like, he's we, made an, a, a huge profit on it since. Yeah. But oh boy, what a, what a great story! It's, and but yeah. and the disaster artist, like just really funny and nice to see the Franco brothers in a movie together. And uh, for sure, uh, all around awesome. And again, it, it definitely it, it is nice to see them not making you know kind of like a stoner comedy or whatever. Because those yeah, because that's they, what you, like Pineapple Express. They have like, they genuinely. I would argue that any of those guys, you know. Uh, Rogan, Jonah Hill, yeah. Rogan, Franco. I mean, group. all are far more talented than those movies would lead on, and I, I think now it's far more obvious that they've kind of had these more illustrious movie. Well, that's than the great thing about disaster artists. They're not like giving up on where like it's still a very funny movie. Yeah, but you know it's got some dramatic moments yeah. in it. Oh, absolutely. So, all right, moving on. Uh, number five, the movie that I can prove if upon request that I've seen fourteen times in theaters. That would be Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. For some reason, this is more devices among the Star Wars fan base than the prequels, which blows my mind. I, I absolutely agree. I don't understand people saying this is the worst of the like, new movies. Like, I, guys, I don't, I, I don't get it. So here's the deal. Much like Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars The Last Jedi is very much not the Star Wars Episode Eight I wanted to see made. There were certain things I wanted to see happen in the movie that didn't happen, and mm -hmm. I may or may not do a podcast discussing that. Mm -hmm. But what I did see, I thought was excellent, well-produced, completely different from what I expected, and I enjoyed it immensely. Now, did I have to see it 14 times? No. <laughs> I probably would have been okay with, like, 11. But still, you know, um, thought it was great. Gorgeously shot. My favorite John Williams score in years. The best performance, maybe, by Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill as their characters, despite the direction they took those characters. I would agree. Daisy yep. Ridley's excellent. Adam Driver, holy cow, was he excellent. Yeah, Adam Driver is... I think he, he'll he'll come to be the backbone of that series as the villain. Yeah, this trilogy. To be honest, yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, he is... What, what many people thought was, you know, possibly an incorrect choice initially, I, I would say that it's been a complete, you know, three or 180, I guess, since then. I, I absolutely think that he'll be a driving force uh, as as his character develops more. Yeah, definitely. In episode <laughs> nine, and who knows where they'll take it beyond then. And again, here's the main thing with Last Jedi. I dare you to tell me another Star Wars movie that came out where at least every 20 or 30 minutes they hit you with a plot move that you absolutely did not see coming totally shocking and you know spoilers like okay Leia we blew her up she's dead oh wait she can use the force in space whether you liked it or not that was freaking amazing Yoda showing up as a puppet that was freaking amazing <laughs> Luke Skywalker showing up and then that was amazing Luke Skywalker finding that he was like projecting him doing an astral projection across the galaxy yeah, that was amazing yes. Luke surviving then dying whether you liked it or not yeah, I, it, I mean it, it was just a wild roller coaster ride and see I have to say I have uh, Last Jedi as my number 8 and uh, oh I, it made the top 10 I, oh it absolutely did well and yeah. because and this is this is my reasoning uh, I think as much as there were scenes like the you know Mary Poppins esque Leia scene yep. that I like, I, and I absolutely agree with your sentiment that it 
is it is something to marvel at regardless of whether you liked it or not because right. I do agree it was unexpected the same with you know Puppet Yoda Luke dying the astral projection all of those great scenes whether you liked them or not Snoke dying kind of so oh, soon oh, that, that again, was the, I'm sorry that was spoiler, the spoiler I forgot you know, that, that was the best scene in the movie well, and, and that scene was oh. excellent but again the build up because I know there were the Jar Jar Snoke conversations there were all of these kind of he's, he's got the Sith eyes Eric well and <laughs> it's one of those things where I think there was this anticipation for this grand, you know, Snoke was going to, you know, be this grand character. And the fact that they were kind of like, nope, we're going to take him away and he'll die. You know, he'll be betrayed. And what I I think that those are bold storytelling moves. And again, whether you appreciated them or not, you have to admit that there is a certain merit to being able to kind of have the balls in that situation to do things like that. Um, absolutely. And, and I absolutely, as much as, you know, I do think there were lows in the film uh like i'm not 100 percent sure you know them like scooby doing around uh in you know finn and um yeah well, uh, well, her yeah. name is escaping me yeah the, um the, no the, it, the, exactly the, the, the whatever she I, was. I, I think the romantic relationship a little bit between them them like i said scooby maybe doing a around the casino a little bit like some of those scenes to me seemed maybe not out of place but there could have been the writing could have been a little tighter but then again the throne room scene yeah. was excellent. I think them uh, hyperspace, you know, hyperdrive splitting the the other Un- unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- some of those scenes were absolutely incredible, and I-, I think that's why for me, even though I would say, you know, Last Jedi had scenes that I didn't, you know, some scenes that I didn't appreciate. It also had some of the very best scenes in a movie that I saw this year, and that's why I, I have a hard time not kind of putting it in. I'm glad uh, my I'm, top ten. I'm surprised. I'm very glad you did. <laughs> um, now the following four movies. Almost any other year, I could guarantee they would be probably my number one pick. I loved all four of them so, so much. And it was so difficult for me to make a final decision. Mm -hmm. So number four, I gave to Logan. James Mangold's second go-around with a solo Wolverine movie. I liked the Wolverine a few years ago. It was okay, but it didn't blow me away. Yeah. Not only is this Hugh Jackman's best performance as Wolverine. As an uh, actor. Or as an actor, period. <laughs> period, I'd say, yeah. Um, the best Patrick Stewart version of, or version of uh, Professor X Patrick Stewart's ever given us. Mm-hmm. But it's finally... Like, the Wolverine that exists in the comic books that people always wanted to see on the screen... This is the movie to finally deliver it. Hardcore, gritty, rated R. And I mean, bloody. Like, that's what I, I can tell you. Ever since I heard, you know, in 2000 or 1999 or whatever, because, I, I mean, I've been a fan of X-Men for as long as I can remember. That they were making that the they movie. were Yeah, they were talking about, you know, they're bringing Halle Berry and Hugh Jackman and all these kind of big name Patrick Stewart to make this X-Men movie. And then when I was like, I heard, oh, it's PG-13. Right. Like, you know, they had to you hold know, back. Yeah, they're not going to be, you know, slicing and dicing people in half. And, you know, I, I, I'm so happy to see a quality R-rated comic book movie, you know, a la like a Deadpool. Oh, oh, oh this, 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 this was, well, Deadpool was great, really funny. But, like, Logan, I'm putting on par with the Dark Knight. Oh, no, and, like, and I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. I, I like Dark Knight more for sure. But oh, yeah. I, I agree. I, I am so happy that movies like Deadpool and Logan are making the R-rated comic book movie relevant because I think there's nothing better I'll forget comic just the R-rated just R-rated action movie but I'm saying like the fact that they're showing not only I mean are those movies profitable but 
I mean, Logan getting Academy Award nominations is pretty telling that, it's, I mean, and again, with The Dark Knight, I mean, which was huge. nominated for Best Picture when it came out. I, no, no, no. It was snubbed that year. Was it snubbed yeah, for so, real? So, no, I could no, swear no, no, it was nominated. No, that was the year that it should have been nominated and wasn't. Wally should have been nominated and it wasn't. So the next year, uh, they expanded it they to expanded 10. They expanded it yeah. to 10. Well, I was going to say, I remember that yeah. being controversial, and I, I yeah. wasn't sure if they got it or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Now, I'm not going to say, uh, I think X2 was great. Uh, X-Men Days mm-hmm. of Future Past, I yeah. liked a lot. Like, you didn't need to have him rated R, but it was nice to, you know, this is clearly a one-off. He's done. They're going to reboot the universe, especially if Disney buys him. For the gritty recast. style of it as well. I mean, it, I, I think it was the, a no the blood movie. and gore was necessary in a way, you know? Right, no, so I'm just glad I got to see it. And, you know, just a really emotional story. Of course. And... I really and what a beautiful, beautiful send off for Hugh Jackman and the character. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Could oh, tears, man, tears. Yeah, cried, of course. Cried. Um, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree, and I, it only kind of raises my hopes for the ultimate, you know, delving into R-rated comic book movies because I think again, a, a movie, uh, and uh, it was spoken about fairly recently because of Black Panther, actually, um, but the uh, the comic book movie Spawn. Which came out it, it, in but the his 90s. Thing is, is Todd McFarlane going to try to direct it himself? I see that that I'm I'm unsure. I, I know Michael J. White, who played uh, Spawn in the original film in you know '98 or what. I, I'm not sure exactly when the date was, um, but I know that even he has come out and said that he would consider doing something like that. And again. I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of comic... There are really gritty, not just comic books, but graphic novels as well that oh, I yeah. would love to see get kind of dark adaptations that I think there's been a tentative, you know, approach to these because Hollywood sees these as poor investments when in reality... No, if, people will if pay if you it do if it's it right, good. I mean, yeah, people will go see it. Absolutely. Um, and, um, so. and and to that credit, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Daredevil and the, the Punisher and uh, For sure, yeah. Jessica I think Punisher's Jones, a great Cage. example. All yeah. those shows on Netflix, except Iron Fist, <laughs> they are... <laughs> They are. They are just good. They are really and, good. Yeah, super well done. Again, like great casting. I I mean I I genuinely appreciate the the expanding and the taking risks. I mean, Logan is a fucking risk, man. And again, oh, absolutely. You know, Logan is a serious risk to make an R-rated X-Men movie where, you know, he, 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 they, he, they, he had to take a pay cut because they were so afraid it would bomb and, yeah. and made like, what, 200 million more or something than like any other solo uh, I Wolverine think so. movie. Yeah, and I, I think that all of that quality came through and I just, I hope that, that this is the, the jumping off point, you know, in certain terms for, uh, for them to kind of expand the comic book universe even more. Couldn't agree uh-huh. more. Um, all right, down to the final three. Uh, if it wasn't for Blade Runner, this is the most beautifully shot movie <laughs> I saw last year. This was the best experience in a movie theater I may have ever had in my life. I drove two hours to my nearest place showing this movie on IMAX film, and I got to tell you, there's some movies that you really got to see projected on film and especially in IMAX this is one of them it's Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk this is one of the best war movies ever made despite the fact that he'll tell you it's not a war movie <laughs> um, it's it's a great horror movie in that like if the, especially the first time you watch this in that giant enveloping theater where you feel like you're there boy you like you're you... actually being fired upon yes like, I felt scared yeah. to death Those man gunshots man initially as they're going through that alley like right in the beginning of the movie and you're hearing the you know the fire yeah so intense I, and uh, I, I have Dunkirk uh, as my number two film. And, and again, I um, I think that Dunkirk is, it's really a product of what makes Christopher Nolan a really talented filmmaker is he, he doesn't go the obvious route. And 
a part of the reason why uh, Dunkirk was controversial, I would say, in a way. Well, yeah, that, well, 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 I mean, can you imagine anybody but Nolan pitching a movie? Okay, we're gonna have three intersecting storylines. <laughs> but I mean, one takes place over the course of an hour, another one over a day, another over a week, and we're gonna cut back and forth between them with a borderline no explanation as oh to how they're God. connected until you're sort of watching it unfold. You know, uh, and and it works, and and it really does, and I think that's why uh, you know. It, it certainly isn't my favorite war movie of all time. You know, shout out to Saving Private Ryan. Um, of course. But, uh, but yeah, I, I can tell you, man, I, it was not what I was expecting because I, I was, you know, I was expecting some blood and gore in there. Dude, for sure there it, was. It's, but... it's a war movie where you don't see the Germans. Yeah, it's a like... war movie where there's no kind of obvious enemy. Oh, it's my more, God. It's, you're, it's, it's almost like I would almost consider it more of like a documentary style yes. sort of following people through their kind of unique interactions with the war whether they're soldiers officers civilians whatever the case may be and i mean there's never been a war movie made like that and i i think that's that is saying something for a genre that has been oh absolutely pull, you know? and um, and and again to you know nolan's credit not only is you know he always pushed the boundaries of filmmaking like this was more imax film used in this movie than any of his other movies before mm-hmm. he put imax cameras on like Vintage World War II planes to get those incredible aerial yeah, shots. Yeah, some of the shots when he, Tom Hardy's flying over oh, the water. Oh, dude! I mean, yeah, from from a filmmaking standpoint, that movie is is genuinely incredible. I. I hundred percent agree. And but you know, take away all the technical expertise, the brilliance, the idea to do the three intersecting storylines against time spans. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a story perspective, and the fact that it worked. Too. Oh like yeah, that, it blows me like, away. One thing uh, you know, people rip on Inception because you know Inception. He was trying oh, this big grand, and I, I agree. I think Inception's excellent, uh, but he's trying this grand idea, and for a lot of people, it fell flat. And I think he kind of went at it again with Dunkirk, and, and I think this time he he was more successful inter you know focusing on uh, kind of compiling the story elements, but uh, again taking a risk, and and the fact that he was successful is a testament to how talented he really is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, well, I'll just I was just gonna leave it at this though with the with Dunkirk. The, the last thing that I want to you know praise it for, mm-hmm. just from a story perspective. You know, yes, Mark Rylance is in it, Cillian Murphy, Kenneth Branagh, Tom Hardy. But I, I I, dare you, anybody who watches that movie, to, like, remember any character's name from the movie. Like, I no, really, like, and, and I, that's not an insult. What I'm saying is no, I, I think I the, the importance of Dunkirk, just from a story perspective and somewhat to a British pride perspective, is showing the importance of every common soldier, every common man to just survive, work together, I just think it had just a really great message. Um, Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. No, the movie's excellent. Yeah. Um, All right. Number two. And uh, boy, did I... This is is my favorite movie in a 50-year-old franchise. (laughs) And the fact that Andy Serkis has not been nominated for an Oscar for this is just total BS. And it's Matt Reeves. Thank God they direct. He's directing the next Batman movie, War. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, War for the Planet of the Apes. Now, look, Planet of the Apes. Look, I saw the original. It's a classic. Rod Serling helped write it. Everybody knows that. The others, look, hit or miss. I saw them when I was a kid. I got scared by the Tim Burton one when I was a kid in 2001. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, well, that, well, that too. That too. You got to mention Mark that. Mark Wahlberg is scary in that. I forgot he was in that. Oh <laughs> yeah. God. Um, and then of course uh, you have this new trilogy. And Rise was an okay movie in 2011. Like, oh, yeah, I get it. They're trying to Rise explain. Rise was good. Right, you know, it was it, a good movie. It was definitely good. James Franco did great. Yeah, um, sure. Great performance by Circus. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes blew me away. 
just unbelievable action affects everything. And now we get to war. War not only perfectly bridges this trilogy to the original film and sets it up perfectly, answers almost every question I could possibly have. Well, how did this happen before mm -hmm. the original movie? Uh, but like, just in terms of homage, the score Michael Giannotto wrote this time, or Giacchino, I'm sorry, I mispronounced his name, um, the way they shot it, how similar it is to those 60s apes movies, just everything about this movie was an amazing homage to the franchise. But mm -hmm. on its own, it was a great war movie. Woody Harrelson was frightening as heck. Andy Serkis, again, killed it. And all around, just... I, I Actually, I lied. Three movies. I did cry during this this year. Um, <laughs> but, boy, it, dude, it, it hit me hard. I, I loved I can tell it. You, I loved it. I, uh, I do like the first two, you know, the modern Apes films I really liked. And this one, to me, I, I have this as number five. And I would argue that it can basically supplant any of, like, th three, four, or five. You are borderline interchangeable. Because uh, this movie was excellent. I, I was tentative going into it because I've liked the Planet of the Apes films and I'm a fan of the original, but it's never been a franchise that's really kind of grabbed my attention and man, did this movie... It genuinely it, did it, blow me away. No, it was me too, but even with Dawn, it didn't grab your attention. See, and Dawn, I, I did like Dawn, but it didn't... It, that wasn't like the oh, wow moment yeah, yeah. for me. It, it was... This this film for me was definitely the oh, wow, like... Because... The, I mean, the great characters for a movie that there's almost no dialogue. Right, well, it's sign language. Argue, yeah, yeah, and again, you know, there were subtitles, but to have a main character, you know, that speaks in broken English or, oh, just... you know, kind of... And I totally agree. I think Circus should have won an, uh, an Oscar for, well, you know, for I, Gollum I, way I, back in the day well, when he, he was in Lord of the Rings. But, but here's the thing. I understand at the time it was new tech and a lot of old school Academy Awards voters. And again, guys, the Academy Awards don't matter. Some of the best yeah, movies every true. year aren't nominated. Again, you know, shout out to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, for saved, yeah, yeah I lost to Shakespeare, Shakespeare and Love. Shakespeare and Love. Oh, my God. I can tell you now I'm still even uh, upset about that. We were five. And, oh, yeah. It was still the war. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Uh, but my point is, after 20 years, I thought they'd give him his due. And the fact that they have it. You know, it sucks. Like, they didn't nominate Tron for Best Visual I mean, Effects I mean, in 82. Him, like, guys like him and Doug Jones, who's in Shape of Water, who is excellent, again, in almost a non-speaking role, who's been relevant in, you know, that CGI character uh, kind of ethos motion for a capture, long time. Yeah. yeah, that motion capture. Like, those guys are consistently forgotten about when it comes to award season. It's really too bad because, and, and especially Circus, I mean, he he's shown that he's a top-tier actor, whether you like it or not. I mean, the dude is supremely talented well again so again like i was just saying just to his defense you know 1982 tron invented basically cgi in movies mm -hmm. wasn't nominated because the award academy said they cheated by using computers <laughs> yeah. yeah little yeah. Did they know uh -huh. so hopefully one day he'll get some achievement award but man best one of the best performances i've ever seen hats yeah, off really great and again a, a great wrap-up of the series i mean it's it's hard to watch that movie and not fall in love with certain characters i mean the one kind of goofy monkey that they find yeah like, down yeah, the road. yeah I mean, well, what was his name bimbo or something yeah, it, it, <laughs> genuinely it, it, it was something uh, along Bobo, those lines yeah yeah and uh to have you know it, it's a testament to the writing to have a comic relief which i i don't love in a lot of movies i feel like the comic relief is often really kind of shoehorned like romantic relationships in superhero movies or whatever you know star wars last Jedi. yeah well and again yeah, like I, it's one of those things where a lot of times man they shoehorn in these tropes that you know they think people will like and and the comic relief in this was was totally appreciated because there were some 
really intense scenes towards the end of the movie where you didn't you genuinely didn't know what was going to happen and the occasional joke or the you know the kind of ribbing that uh you know this character or others would kind of bring along was was definitely uh, it was it was more than warranted um so i i I always appreciate stuff like that when when they use it well. Absolutely. Again, I think great finish to one of the best film trilogies ever in retrospect. Um, I I didn't know I wanted a new Planet of the Apes movie when they started this trilogy. But you kind of do now, yeah. Well, you know what? I both kind of do... And I'm okay if it ends because, especially if Disney buys them, that's like, an excellent. What's, what's Disney to do? Make yeah, a plan sure. of the Apes. They're going to do a CGI, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, and and again, I think one of the more underrated trilogies that's come out in a very long time. Oh, because oh absolutely. Nobody went to see. Yeah, yeah, consistently the films were, I, I would argue, excellent relative to well, you know others. Here's what I say. I think I think Rise is good to great. I think the other two are excellent. Yeah, and and I I would fall you know I would borderline fall into that same uh, school of thought. And I, but I mean, I, really an underrated trilogy as far as I'm concerned. And so I think you know for them to end it on a high note, I mean that is tough. That yeah. is really and they tough did. to do. And and they really did. Yeah. And so I I mean yeah, like I said, I had it as my number five, and I would argue Worth three it. or four or five. It could have slid in any of those spots. All right, so hats off to Matt Reeves. Thank God, my friend, you're in charge of Batman. Yeah, Jesus Christ, thank God. And now, Aaron, I believe we both picked the same number one. We did. This, this is a movie. Look, at, let, let, let's explain. This movie is a sequel to a movie that came out 30 years ago. This movie has almost an 80-year-old Harrison Ford in it. This movie <laughs> should not exist. Its predecessor didn't warrant a sequel, didn't Did need not, a sequel. Sure. And everybody's heard the idea to make a sequel in this and we're like, They're why? Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, so they hired Dennis Villeneuve, who made last year's Arrival, which I hear is amazing. I, uh, it, it is excellent. If you have not there seen you go. it, you great sci-fi. Yeah, no, I, I, again... Totally a departure from tradi- I wouldn't say totally a departure from traditional sci-fi, but certainly a Nolan-esque departure from what people would consider the a norm. traditional. Yeah, a traditional sci-fi and and made aliens and science fiction a little more modern and human. And I mean, it I got mean, nom- It's a sci-fi movie. Got nominated for a goddamn Academy. Yeah, Award. I mean, you like, should you, you should know it's a movie where they're basically they're trying to communicate with aliens and it got nominated for you know a goddamn a, yeah. So it, that should give you an idea of how talented uh, Villeneuve is. So yeah. they gave him it. And guys, it's Blade Runner 2049. Now again, folks, this is not necessarily a list of the best movies of 2017. This is a list of my personal favorites. Aaron's going to give you his personal favorite list. But with that in mind, I fell head over heels in love with Blade Runner 2049. I thought you were going to say Ana de Armas. On, on what? Ana de Armas, who is his... Uh, oh, yeah, his, his, his fake his girlfriend thing. His robot buddy. Yeah, uh, no, I, sure. I, I got some, like, flash... Uh, Vietnam flashbacks to like her when I was watching the movie because I did not <laughs> a like little her. Bit, uh, yeah, see, I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah, of but um, no, look. So here's the thing: it's we're never going to see a movie like it again by Villeneuve's own admission because it didn't make any money whatsoever. Yeah, is, they also see, didn't that, market that stuff it. Kills but, me, but yeah, uh, look. Here's the thing: it it looks absolutely gorgeous. It not only captures the spirit and essence of the original 19... It really, it really does. But like, no, that's like, that's like oh, mind-boggling to it me. It feels like the same universe. I, I can tell you genuinely, uh, my, my dad, and for as long as I can remember, has talked about the original Blade Runner. It's yeah. his favorite sci-fi far and away. It he's really like, is it, Blade Runner. When it came out, he's like, it blew me away, whatever. And I remember hearing the rumblings of they're talking about you know sequel. either remaking it or a sequel or whatever yeah. and i remember from day one him being like oh, i'm not sure i don't know they brought in you know dennis and ryan gosling and harrison ford and suddenly my dad was a little more like oh okay maybe you know yep. and uh, i cannot stress how 
not just gorgeous, and really the movie is genuinely gorgeous. Everything, production um, design, set design, cinematography, oh man, if Roger like Deakins the, I mean, doesn't the win. the weather and the... Like, everything. Every, yeah, it's just absolutely excellent. The use of CGI, models, practical effect, oh my God. Yeah, I, there, I, I would say that there wasn't a part of the movie that I didn't appreciate, you know, in, in a pretty uh, broad terms. Uh, and I really do think uh, the the technological aspect of the film uh, really hits home in certain scenes. Um, and again, spoiler for those who haven't seen it, but uh, <laughs> one particular <laughs> yeah. one particular scene uh, that's, that stands out in my mind, and part of the reason why I had this at number one is because it was one of the only films this year that I left the theater and thought about this movie for days. And I, I, do, I don't was it do the Leto that scene? often. Was it the Leto scene? It was the, no, it, and uh, again, that scene is excellent. It was the uh, the sex scene that he has with the prostitute where oh yeah where she superimposes like projected oh over. yeah again that to me like that concept is fascinating but to execute that so well into it's the awkwardness of the touching and the so like that scene is and with the two actresses is basically like, oh. a perfect scene as far oh, as I'm concerned yeah. I remember watching that theater and I mean if my jaw wasn't on the floor I would be shocked I, yeah. I, I don't have video of myself watching the film but I yeah. would say I I mean there were absolutely scenes in that film similar to like Last Jedi I would say that were not just the best scenes in a movie I saw this year but some of the coolest and best scenes that I've seen in a movie in long as time. long as I can remember yeah absolutely um, I, I couldn't agree more um, people some people will say it's too long I say no it's it, it's an, it's a, I didn't it's a, feel like it's it an epic yeah. um, he, 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 actually Ridley Scott said that so really uh, well, yeah. he really doesn't know what he wants yeah, he, he made the Martian um, <laughs> so look here's, here's the thing the, the, the most incri- out of all these achievements and Gosling was great Harrison Ford should have gotten the best supporting actor <laughs> nomination um, despite all that Jared Leto what an amazing turn bringing back Rachel from the original movie oh yeah uh, oh my I god mean, yeah the homage again like very kind of Last Jedi where they have the puppet Yoda like you, there was they you could tell that they really did care about the original film and what audiences would kind of perceive this film as in relation to... It was a labor of love. love. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. If I could say one thing about it for sure, that it it was a labor of love, and it shows. The the highest compliment I can pay it is this, though. You know, not only... if you After watching, going back, watching the original Blade Runner, it's astounding how well that visual... Those visuals hold up. Yeah, and they really do. And how well these, despite being advanced, match that. But most importantly... I'm watching Blade Runner 2049. I'm like, okay, maybe it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be <laughs> yeah. okay. That's what and I was that, going in, man. I'm like, oh, I just hope it's at least good. Right. Like, I just, I want it to be watchable. Right. I want it to not ruin the franchise. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. then you watch, and it's, it's good. It's really good. It's better. It's holy crap. And then we get to a point, like, maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes before it ended, and I was like, I was watching with my buddy. Like, holy I, fuck, I, man! <laughs> I, that and uh, I gotta be honest. I, I think it's better than the original Blade Runner. And I, I, I think, I think that's, the fact that's that you tough even, to say it that early. I think the but... fact that you even think that is a testament to how excellent it really is. And uh, I mean, also, did you know where that plot was going? Twenty forty nine. I can tell you, I, I, I thought I did. There were a couple scenes that I'm like, oh man, it's this, or oh man, it's that, and I. You know, not to toot my own horn, but more often than not, I've seen enough movies where that'll happen to me, and that like that kills a lot of more generic films, in my opinion. For me, is when I, you know, if I know what the plot is for this mystery movie or this murder, or whatever, you know, halfway through, that that kills the excitement of the movie to me. And I, and maybe it'll be obvious to some, but I, man, I definitely did not expect the handful of turns that I would say there were 
Um, oh yeah. And yeah, the the grittiness, the the violence, though there wasn't a lot. You know, Robin Wright getting the glass crushed in her hand. Like, I mean, I you know I, I yeah I've seen a lot of violence and I've seen whatever in movies, but something about the kind of I could feel the glass in my hand during that scene as she's you know getting her hand crushed in her office yep. and you know the the final kind of I, I would argue climactic scene Fight. in in the uh, in the car while the water's Water filling like, the thing. I mean drowned. that's you know that's kind of a it's a the premise of that fight, if someone storyboarded that to me, is interesting, but the execution and how intense and sort of, I mean, if you're not clenching your, you know, arm, you know, the arm of While your chair, or if you're not, you know, I... If, you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, you're, I, I don't know, you don't Can't have blood you. pumping through your veins because, yeah. man, I... I was sweating during that scene, and I, uh, and it was just it was they were basically hand fighting, you know, kind of whatever, and just the way it was filmed, and yeah. oh man, the, the yeah. Movie so really so, did so again, uh, among I, I loved it to death. We, I don't know how many more compliments we can shower, yeah, but right. again, I will say, um, Roger Deakins. I know he's he he shot the Shawshank Redemption. He shot I think one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen, Skyfall of all things. Skyfall is um, but this, if this guy doesn't win a Best Cinematography Oscar, like yeah. like. What I mean, Dunkirk deserves like, what are you it. Looking for? <laughs> Dunkirk <laughs> you know? deserves it, but boy, did this! I mean, this is just another level. Yeah, so. I, I agree. I, as my my expectations were high, because I, again, I, I do like Dennis. My Arri arrival is excellent. Again, based I, on his hiring, my my expectations were you know reasonably you know high, but they weren't like through the roof. This like oh through the roof, man. So yeah, my number one movie, Alex Fraser's number one movie, twenty seventeen favorite. Is Blade Runner twenty forty nine and Aaron? You'll agree with that. Uh, I, I absolutely do agree. I, uh, I, I mean, it it was it really was the movie that even now. I mean, we talked about doing this this list like a month and, ago, and I that it was the movie that popped into my brain almost outright. Yeah. Like as soon yeah. as we started talking about, it, I'm like, man, Blade Runner, ah, it's yeah, gonna be dude. hard to beat. And uh, as an aside, I will say, uh, uh, Dennis has a handful of films that I would recommend that you see. Is it uh, one of them, Sicario? His, yeah. His Sicario movie uh, is excellent about uh, drug cartels. Uh, Benicio del Toro's in it. He's excellent. Uh, John Krasinski's wife Emily Blunt uh, is in it. Her name is escaping me. Um, he also directed uh, the film Prisoners, uh, which is Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Okay. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is a detective, and Hugh Jackman's daughter is uh, is abducted. It is one it, it's still and again is a movie that I think about to this day because it is so well acted it has genuinely shocking twists and turns there are some of the most heart-wrenching scenes in a, a, there's a scene where Hugh Jackman thinks he kind of finds the person who's uh, who's taken his daughter and the the guy sort of under his breath mentions something that his daughter sort of says, and oh man, the scene is just unbelievable. And again, like uh, it's you know the movie's five years old now, and it still blows you away. Still blows so, me away. So, so I, I'd recommend that Sicario, by that guy. Prisoners, Arrival. Just you got to check out. Dennis Excellent. Yeah, and I I will seriously. I'm gonna be. He's he's a guy for me. You know that if he's if his name is on a project, I, I am interested. He was my sure. number one. At, went for like that that 24 hours where like we didn't know who would direct episode nine. Like I wanted him to yeah, do it. Th that guy, <laughs> Marvel, DC, yeah. Star Wars, whatever. Give yeah. him a movie and seriously get him behind a friggin' camera. And, and he'll make the, magic. The dude is crazy talented for real. So before I go through, I, I did a bunch of honorable mentions. Um, I'll just recap my list. And Aaron, let's yeah, finish sure. off yours. If sure. there's any differences we had, 
little movies yeah. we didn't go through already. There so are, again, there are a couple for sure. Great. So my top ten again: Baby Driver, nine Thor Ragnarok, eight Coco, seven Wonder Woman, six Disaster Artist, five Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Four Logan, three Dunkirk, two War for the Planet of the Apes, number one Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Mr. Laramie number ten. All right, yeah, ten. I I had kind of a wild card. This this is a borderline honorable mention for me, um, but again, this is a movie, and this doesn't happen to me often, but had me kind of excited and thinking after, and that's uh, that's part of the reason why I felt like I had to kind of put it uh, at least in my top ten. That's called Gerald's Game. Uh, it is a short story, or originally was a short story by Stephen King, uh, and it's a Netflix-produced film. So if you have Netflix, I would absolutely recommend take the time. I, I think it's all of 85 minutes. You know, it's, it's barely an hour and a half, um, and uh, it's excellent. It's it's classified, I believe, as a horror, and now, uh, you know, horror is a genre that I really appreciate. And again, uh, there's a I have a couple of films on my list that, you know, I Art would argue kind may of or may not be. fit into a, a similar genre to that, but... For a, a Netflix-produced movie that I was going in with zero expectation, it is it is excellent. It's well acted. The pacing is good because I mean, it is so easy to screw up who directed a horror it? movie. To be honest, I'm I'm not sure. Well, wait, who was in it, or is it like do you remember like who was in it? Like yeah, so um, so here let me write. So uh, the basic storyline is uh, this this couple who you know has been having uh, marital issues. I would argue. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I think it's relatively no-name uh, actors. Um, really? So you, it, it, it genuinely you, is. How'd you hear about this? A guy named Mike Flanagan. So I'm Mike Flanagan, who actually, uh, to be fair, he uh, he produced and I, he may have directed uh, the film Hush, which is also another uh, relatively popular horror film on Netflix. Yes, he about did. A he deaf did. Woman. He, yep. Uh, and the oh wow, he's kind of oh he's directed her. a he directed three movies last year. Yeah, uh, he he did the film Oculus, which is about yep. uh, which is again that's a movie that I would recommend to any you know horror fans listening. Uh, right. But but Gerald's Game, it's about uh, this these this couple and their kind of failing marriage. They go out to uh, the husband's beach house, who or his vacation house. He's kind of distant, you know, Wall Street type. They don't kind of spend time together. And so his thing is that they want to kind of sexually explore, you know, uh, take the time and really kind of, you know, become close and get to know each other. And uh, and so he handcuffs her to the bed to start kind of one of their, like, sexual escapades and uh, has a heart attack oh, Jesus. and dies oh, Jesus. as they're uh, sort of kind of getting things going. He takes, like, Viagra and it basically gives him a heart attack. And, well, that's uh, a mood killer. And so she's stuck there now. No one knows they're there out in the middle of, like, the woods and sort of, like, the psychological kind of dissolving of her. Like, I I mean, the, the acting is good. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't say it's the best film that but, I saw. But, but no, year, it, it was but really into it. it. it blew me away with the quality. I It was creepy. It was intense. I mean, you know, didn't overdo it. Uh, my only kind of knock is I would say I, I wish it ended a little bit sooner, even though it was probably about, you know, 80 or 85 minutes. Okay. Because the last five minutes, I would say, were probably unnecessary. But um, overall, sick overall, thing. man, Check yeah, it out on I, Netflix. I've recommended it to more than a handful of people, and yeah, I, uh, I would absolutely, uh, I would say, go see it. So, yeah, Gerald's Game. All right, number nine. Uh, so nine I have is The Big Sick. And I, I had that on my honorable mention list. Yeah, Loved it. I've, uh, I have liked uh, Kumail Nanjiani for a while he was Silicon Valley yeah I would say I love Silicon Valley he was on a really shitty show on TNT called Franklin and Bash uh, which was like yeah oh god it was terrible 
Um, it uh, it was a, like a guilty pleasure that I had for about six months. It was it's it's a crappy like lawyer kind of comedy drama thing, but he's their like dopey Indian like IT friend, uh, and he was so funny on that. Yeah, totally kind of typecasted, but um, he's super funny on that. Saw that he was in Silicon Valley. Super funny in Silicon Valley for anyone that's seen it. And now this is a comedy, but it's it's a bit more it's, dramatic I, I than would what argue, we've seen yeah, from him. I would argue it's a comedy, but it's it's deeper than that, and that's part of the reason why the well, movie dramedy. is so good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I would argue that's part of the reason why the movie is as good as it is is because not only does it balance, you know, kind of the heartbreak that they went through because Kumail and uh, I believe it's Emily V. Gordon. Yeah, that's his uh, wife. That's his wife. Yeah, and kind of co-wrote, co-wrote it. it um, and to to go through, you know, kind of revisit such a heartbreaking time in their lives, such a, I mean, profoundly sad and whatever, and uh, to make a dramedy about it and to be as successful as they were I, I think is is really impressive I think Kumail was good I think the actress who played Emily was good uh, Ray Romano um, and Holly, uh, Hunter, Holly Hunter Elastigirl yeah for yeah. real yeah they, they were both great I think uh, his, I think Holly Hunter uh, Ray Romano and Kumail all worthy of Oscar yeah. nominations I wish they got at least one yeah I would like to see I believe they got a, especially a, Holly original screenplay yeah uh, they got something that. out there but um, uh, incredibly acted and just continuing a streak of dramatic roles for Ray Romano like he's really yeah, good for, like, for some yeah like where did that kind of come from uh, yeah. but yeah I think you know in Kumail a guy you know uh, like a, a Taika Waititi who I just I'd love to see him kind of Get hit mainstream. Given, yeah, get, hitting the mainstream, becoming more popular, kind of get, getting his due because I think he's tr- more, he's far more talented than you know his uh, his initial work would kind of let on. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, for sure, I, I I I think that might be my only comedy. And again, I'd be hard pressed. Well, to no, it was it, it was comedy, it was very funny. That's the only comedy, but that but, I'd there, have my top but it was 10. it was also a very heavy movie, like well, very dramatic for sure. Um, I will say something controversial about it, and not really, but you know, here's the. Like, it's a movie I think Judd Apatow helped produce, uh, very similar mm-hmm. to how Judd Apatow helped produce uh, a few years back Trainwreck for A.B. Schumer. Yep. Trainwreck, uh, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good movie. It was good. But I didn't think, like, it made three or four times what The Big Sick made at oh, the this, box office. The Big Sick was absolutely the superior Big Sick film. is a way better movie. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away. I like Trainwreck. I like Amy Schumer. But... I mean, boy, did this show what kind of talent Kamel had. I well, was Well, Kamel, and I mean, the interactions with his family. Everything. And the sort of, they, it was fascinating to me, the cultural differences. I mean, the fact that that was kind of a, uh, it was a significant point in the film, um, that his, you know, his relationship with his, uh, his girlfriend, and the fact that she wasn't Indian, and sort of him, he's dealing with, you know, uh, Emily in the hospital, and is fielding all of these potential women kind of coming, it was... It was fascinating the kind of look into their uh, to um, Pakistani culture that they gave us, and so oh, I, yeah, I really I appreciated that for sure. Uh, it, it, it again another film that surprised me because I, I had heard it was good, but I mean you don't I, really I, know I, until you know? it came out on Amazon. I didn't see it. Yeah, so for but, sure, yeah, it was great. So um, all right, number eight. All right, so number eight, I had Last Jedi, which okay. we already touched on. Actually, we're going to skip over a couple here. On uh, seven, I had Baby Driver. I, I would argue those two are borderline interchangeable. Uh, I have six is Logan and five is uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, oh, I mean, all, all those films are so good. And now uh, I see number four yeah, is four, I have, uh, possibly get, the best picture. Yeah, winner. I have uh, Get Out, uh, which, again... Uh, Jordan Peele, uh, the guy from Key and Peele, yeah, and directed I, the most talked about movie of the year. Yeah, again, with Wonder Woman, I think probably the biggest film of the year, I would say, just because... 
of the cultural impact, the societal relevance. I, I, I just, before you just sure. give your brief on it, I didn't see it because okay. I can't see horror movies. And, and that's okay. That's all. <laughs> Again, similar to Gerald's game, I would argue it's more of a, it's it's a thriller and I know... Is it funny? People and, say it's funny. It is funny. It absolutely is. And Peel has come out and said, I believe that he is c- trying to focus now on, which a part of me, I got to say, I'm a little bit sad. Oh, that, he doesn't want to act that anymore. He doesn't want to act anymore because yeah. his film was so successful because, I mean, Key and Peele, if you have watched it, it's Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's great. He's amazing. It's, it's but, truly but, funny. But um, it's one thing to be a good comedic actor in a time where we have a lot of great comedians mm-hmm. and I think to direct literally the number one movie of the year on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, I, I would argue Get Out is similar to, you know, Wonder Woman is, is probably the, the most significant cultural movie of the year. Um, but... Uh, Excellent acting, a, a very interesting story. I really like his idea of sort of the the societal or cultural thriller, which I believe is kind of the direction that he plans to take his next films in. Um, and the just everything, I, I would say everything about the movie was surprising to me in a way because it was in each instance where I thought I sort of understood what was going on. There were a couple twists and turns, man. That, that were really, they were really something else. I uh, couldn't see him coming. Well, and not just that I couldn't see it coming, um, but uh, it, it was, it was definitely, it, it was surprising to me the lengths that they went to really make it, to, to make you like certain characters and hate certain characters and then have that shit completely thrown on its head halfway through the movie, three quarters of the movie. Like they, yep. they really do. They, they mess with your brain and that's, and and that's kind of it, it is reflective I truly believe of society and I mean the the uh, the particular scene that stands out to me uh, is there's uh, the garden party scene uh, where um, he uh, is sort of uh, da- Daniel, Daniel Kalua Kalua yeah is uh, he's sort of walking around and meeting all of Allison Williams uh, family, family and members friends. and they're all like exactly. white and everything and they're and they love him but you can tell like there's Something's something off. so suspicious about the the compliments that they're giving him and you could tell Jordan Peele so clearly had this vision in his mind of exactly how he wanted these interactions to play out and it really it was it was absolutely a door into what social interaction is like for African Americans in the US period yeah how you know they have the I, I don't know. I, I genuinely think that uh, Peel made a movie that, I mean, people will be talking about for, for years. a very long time yeah. and, a people, and a film that people will watch for decades to come. Um, and, and hats off to him because nobody expected this. Not, yeah, I mean, not for, even close. for a comedy writer to dissect kind of... Uh, the and and again, it's beca- I think it's because it the hits current so social close state to him. of America and to put it into a comedy horror movie movie that's so critically well received. Yeah, I th- hats off. I mean, yeah, you you have to. It, it, I just I'm so happy that a guy with that much talent, you know, is getting recognized because I, I'm I'm really excited to see what He'll he does next. next. You know what I mean? Yeah, he absolutely he's an exciting uh, an exciting director and. I, I am a tiny bit sad that he's not doing any acting. Yeah, I, I, you never know. I mean, I mean, I mean Ke- I Keegan the, Michael K calls him. Yo, uh, yo, Jordan, see, yeah. let's do something. Keegan's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. All right, and uh, so that was number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two. So number uh, or uh, oh, that was no, number that four. Was number four. What do you have uh, for number three? Number three, I have uh, Shape of Water, which I I only just saw this week. I I saw it yesterday. So and I I want to point out I would I it was a debate for me for mm-hmm. ten Baby Driver Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. And I went with Baby Driver. I loved Shape of Water. So in Shape of Water, 
I do have to say, as as an aside, if you, um, I, I would argue it, this movie is a fairy tale. If you go into it thinking it's a it's a horror or anything but sort of a, a romance and w- you know with some kind of intense action scenes, you're you're going to be disappointed. Well, well, so um, you you wouldn't say it's like a classic '50s monster and, movie like Creature from the Black but, Lagoon. And, and see, kind I of would, thing. but I I would argue that Del Toro sees those as love it's, stories in a way. I would argue that he sees the romance. And, and that's Which you're why absolutely I, right, I think he, he said made that. this film. I think I genuinely think that's why he made the film is that he he doesn't see you know the creature from the Black Lagoon as a monster, right? And and misunderstood I misunderstood creature again the risks that he's taking making what is I mean it's a bestiality film in no, a way. So, so and, that's and I, don't, a, I don't mean that. No, no, no. I know what you mean. So look, here's what I'll say. I loved it entirely. The set design, everything. Oh, the set design was it like, felt it, like it was straight from dude, the 50s, it, man. It was no, incredible. 50s, 60s, perfect set design, everything. It felt like I was play, playing Bioshock, oh, the video I, game. I, I 100% agree. I got a Bioshock a vibe movie. from, yeah, from oh, it, minute it, one. Oh, wonderfully acted. The creature, beautiful. Michael Shannon's my new favorite oh, government man, agent. Man, is Michael oh. Shannon a talented actor. I, I, did crap. you watch him at Boardwalk Empire? Yeah, well, and yeah. he, he, I've not seen, whether he's Zod in Superman or, or he's... Uh, he's just good, or Elvis. I mean, yeah, he is, uh, he's somehow, he's a multi, I, I think he's been nominated for a couple uh, Academy Awards now. Yeah. He, I would argue he's still underrated. Oh, no, he's great. Um, uh, but, yeah. my, but my point is, though, so, loved everything about it, even I'll admit... The, like uh, okay even if she wants to fall in love have friends with it like the fact that they're spoilers like there's a love scene between her and this mm-hmm. amphibian monster it did make me a little uneasy and, now, but here's the thing I thought about it though if the creature was like talking and highly intelligent to begin with I would have been a little more okay with it because it's a little more humanoid you know? right right but like she have sex with it like what like an hour after it eats a cat's head <laughs> like I mean I'm not knocking it yeah. I'm just saying it I could see the wrong audience member walking into that movie well, and, and, like, you know, getting weirded out. Well, and can I tell you, that was one of the first things that I thought is it's too bad that people will be turned off. Like, like there are people in our country still that are freaked out by two homosexual men. Oh, yeah, no, of course, of course. But you know what I mean? Like, there are, there are very sensitive people out there, and it's really too bad because this film is excellent, and I don't think they'll see past the kind of human creature interaction well, I was I, I was able to it's just uh, you know I, I, I just I because I went yesterday mm-hmm. um, and the movie theater was filled with I'm going to say mostly elderly people from, yeah when I saw it it was it, yeah. it was probably, uh, 50 and older I'd I, say. I, and like when that happened like man dude like you could hear a pin drop like, people were like gasping <laughs> and I don't know if it was like a good reaction or not uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I, again gorgeous beautiful again yeah in a, in a movie that, but that, now as somebody who actually I don't think I've sat through any of Guillermo's film oh, is it is it better than Pan's Labyrinth see I would argue it is it is different than Pan's Labyrinth it's super hard because Pan's Labyrinth is about the, uh, the Spanish-American war I, I could be mistaken on that. It, it might be the Spanish Civil War. Um, Whatever. But yeah, and uh, so it is a different film. Again, like a fairy tale though, because there, there are sort of. It, it reminded me of it like a fucked up Disney movie. In a way, <laughs> yes. Right? Genuinely. Absolutely. She is like a fairy tale princess in a way, and her performance was oh, excellent. As, For as again, Sally Hawkins someone, as, as, Sally Hawkins, oh, as someone God. who's borderline not speaking through the movie, your two main actors in Doug Jones and Sally Hawkins that aren't talking. For the movie to carry as much emotion in it as it did, I mean, I, I really, I walked out of the theater and I, I saw it with my girlfriend and she turned to me like with tears in her eyes at that and she's uh, like, I love that movie. Uh, and I mean, it really, because it, it at its heart is a love story and it's a beautiful love story. It, it's, uh, it 
seriously, it impressed me because I, you know, I will admit I was one of those people that I was like, man, if she's doing it with like Creature from the Black Lagoon, I don't yeah, know how I'm going to feel about that. Right. Like, because that's, no, no, I mean, that's, they, a, that's a weird prospect in they Toro, again, again, you know. again, if, if, and it, and it helped me by the end, because by the end and the creatures using sign language, you're like, okay, it's on human it's level. It's clearly, yeah, it clearly is very Felt smart. Felt better. And, yeah. Um, but she's uh, not like taking advantage or something, but, right. but again, it was always tasteful. It was never Oh no, it wasn't gice. Like, yeah. like, yeah, you, you, you didn't actually, like the scene is, it's just, you see the it's, nudity. It's them but sort no of embracing. Yeah. And yeah, again, even the nudity, because there was like Sally Hawkins is nudity. Again, it was tasteful. It wasn't gratuitous or over the top which I think know? saved it like if they showed like you oh know, if they the, were showing like penetration or anything like, man, yeah that yeah, would have that, that been. been too much but again like he rolled that fine line and again that's what makes the, the movie as good oh, as yeah. it is for me is it was such a risk I mean can you imagine him pitching like I want to make this oh, love movie at, at this with point, creature from the Black Lagoon, but people are gonna be like, "What no, the no. hell are you talking?" Can, can about? I imagine a pitching it? Yes. Can I imagine people <laughs> saying, imagine "Yes, here, well, we love that oh, idea." Here's a hundred million dollars. <laughs> like, go for it. I think you he know? actually made it. I don't oh, know. No, yeah, yeah. What was it like? I think twenty million. I, actually. I think it like, was a small budget, which is amazing. I mean, I, that creature I can imagine ten years ago costing a hundred million. Oh man, yeah. The the creature effects were excellent. Michael Shannon. I mean, you truly felt sympathy for the creature and yep. it, I mean it is a creature it is not a person and they don't I mean it's not like a human or an alien or a, I mean it genuinely it's it's completely inhuman and you do have that empathy for it uh, which I mean that that's certainly it's not easy to do um, and I know I was sitting in the theater and it was a movie that I really wanted to like because I from Hellboy to Pan's Labyrinth you've been to, loving to it all the way to mimic the Crimson old school Peak. oh Crimson Peak again that that movie is Crimson Peak totally like a shape of water i think that was misunderstood it was marketed as a horror when it was more of a it was a gothic sort of romance right um right. again that movie's excellent michael fassbender and that is great um but uh from the opening scene in the film where they're going through her apartment and you don't sort of realize and you're seeing you know you're sort of like dancing through the water and suddenly it's her and then they lower her and then it yep. pulls back and she's just in her apartment and like her day starts i mean fr- Unbelievable. From right there you're yeah i was i was already I, I, I bought in. I was in. All right. Uh, for sure, yeah. My my, my number three, uh, no Shape doubt. Shape of Water. So, uh, yeah. and the last two? Yeah, so two I had Dunkirk, uh, just because, man, it's freaking good. And number one. And yeah, but I, Blade I Runner. Had, number one was Blade Runner. Yeah, that that is the best movie I've seen this year, for sure. Yeah, I, I thought it was excellent. And, um, all right, we're already, I mean, I, I knew when we got together to talk about movies, this <laughs> go for a while. We're doing we're a little over an hour. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to run through a few of my honorable sure. mentions. I, 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 I do want to talk about a couple. Yeah. Just, but like, unlike, like when we went through like the main picks, just like, I'll say something real quick. You yeah, say something real sure. quick. Yeah. Okay. Rattle them off. Yep. All right. So, uh, number one, it, it, just because it's so stupid, but like it had heart. Which surprised me. It was stupid and it had a heart. I love the Lego Batman movie. Oh, I see. I, I thought it was hilarious. I think a lot of fun. A, I think it's a travesty. I, and uh, really, it really is that uh, Lego Batman did not get nominated for Academy Award in Boss Baby. Oh. Oh, got nominated got a, yeah, yeah. for an and, Academy Award over Lego well, Batman. Well, the Lego movie should have won in 2014. It wasn't I, even nominated. This, though, like, the boss... Of, that dude, is that such be, a dude, slap Dude, it's politics, dude. Like, that's why oh, the Oscars don't goodness. matter. I, like, I really, man, I gotta tell you, like, that to me, like... Now, is, Co- is does Coco any... deserve to win? Yes. Well, but does Batman movie, Lego Batman, better than Boss Baby? Oh, my God. It's, it's like the Dark Knight, man. Like, how do you look at this movie and say Boss Baby is... Just explicitly better than this than Lego Batman. I genuinely, all... if, if you hate Legos and hate Batman, I feel like you don't think Lego Batman <laughs> is worse than Boss Baby. I, I, 
I really, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I can't even believe. So whatever, yeah, that, that's yeah. my only well, kind of mini well, yeah. rant. But yeah. holy shit, did well, I read those nominations and did that yeah, blow me away? Blew me away yeah. as well. Uh, again, well, Arnett, hilarious. Love Lego Batman movie. Thank oh you guys God, for making it. The cast they great. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope they make a hundred of those movies. And, well, it, and they will. Uh, so just yeah, enjoy. No, they will. Yeah, sure. They have the um, the second highest grossing movie of the year. Uh, I think one point two seven billion. Beauty and the Beast. Look, it looks gorgeous. It is by far the most expensive musical ever made. Um, the original is, if you had to make me pick one, I can't say Star Wars. Um, it's going to be 1991's Beauty and the Beast. It's my favorite movie of all time. It's my favorite Disney um, movie, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I love it. But, um, so, you know, I, I knew it was just going to be a remake. I thought I'd enjoy it. Performances were great. It was just okay, though. Like, mm -hmm. it never didn't rise to the challenge to be better. It didn't have to. I enjoyed it for what it is. It was a big hit for Disney, and I'm yeah. happy it's won some technical categories, but, mm -hmm. you know. But again, I, I think, and, and see, this is what makes me tentative about them redoing Lion King, and I'm sure they'll find, you know, they'll do the Little Mermaid, they're going to recycle oh, no, no, all no, the no, old no, properties. No, no, they announced yesterday, they're looking at Lady and the Tramp. Like, why? Like, why? why? They, what are they going to do, some, like, CGI talking dog? Yeah, going to be it's, winking at the camera. Yeah, no, know? yeah, it's like oh, Homeward man. Bound all over again. Oh, God. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, I... I really do think that I, I'm tentative about Lion King for that very same reason. Like they they want it to be passable, so then people are like, "Oh man, Beauty and the Beast, Disney, whatever." I'm gonna go see that regardless. Like the Wizard of Oz, like the Snow Whites, like yeah. the you know uh, Alice in Wonderland. Like they want it to be good enough that the movie can make a billion dollars and not get panned by critics or whatever. Well, 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 no, to their credit, I think they tried to make, like, for example, I my favorite movie last year was John Favreau's The Jungle Book. I loved See, it. See, but... Like, yeah. like I, well, no, I know what you mean. Like, like, look, all Disney, they want to make sure it's good enough. It's true. But... And Jungle I, Book I, is good. I, I will well, no, no. That. Well, that's what I, I think. I think they would have liked it to have been better, but I think they're they're content with what was released. Mm -hmm. So, which that's not what I want to hear from them. Yeah, well, you have an unlimited budget, Disney. I mean, I mean, this this is the same people who put out Alice through the Looking Glass and the <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm so. saying. I mean, yeah, did you watch the Wizard of Oz or the sequel oh, to that shit? God. Oh my god! I, I which to to its credit, still liked Sam Raimi directed it. I liked it better than I hate I, Maleficent. I do, I do like I, Sam Raimi. I, Maleficent. Yeah, never oh, saw it. But. Well, oh, dude, oh no, okay, <laughs> let me spoil it for you because I love bringing this up every few years. Um, it's like a live action Maleficent movie with Angelina Jolie. Perfect, yeah, you'd think. You'd great think. Casting, right? Oh, no, no. Yeah. no. And then at the end, what's the best part of Maleficent? Oh, she turns into a fire breathing dragon. What happens at the end of the Maleficent movie? movie? She turns good and doesn't turn into the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Disney. That's all yeah, I wanted. Let's take the part that everyone wants to see about this film and, and it's let's not just there. get. It still made half a billion dollars. I don't yeah, know. It sure did. So uh, uh, on the list, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, loved it. Um, I think it's the most over-the-top comic book hero movie up there with Deadpool that I've ever seen. It's just balls to the wall. Insane. Loved it. Funny. Just, you know, we've had a lot of great comic movies this year. Didn't Wasn't in my yeah, top. Yeah. Can I tell you? I, I disagree. I liked it. I think it was a huge downgrade from the first one. I felt like... The again, the effects were great. I mean, I I, I think Chris Pratt is one. Of, he's like the rock. Oh, where like it's hard to not like him. Like oh, if yeah. I find someone who doesn't like Chris Pratt, I'm like, ah, oh, what's up with you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like oh, what you know? Yeah. What happened to you when you were a kid or whatever? But uh, I definitely, I think uh, compared to like Ragnarok or Wonder, there were so many excellent superhero movies that came out this year, and I really felt like Guardians of the Galaxy was just the meh. You know, I well, I think that's the thing. I, and, and, I, I, and that's I can't say meh. I can't say meh. That's completely but my I, opinion. I, well, you said you liked it, so no, you're not knocking. I, I would so. say yeah, like a six out of. I was just, I was disappointed because I think the first one is it really kind of hit all those beats. Hit a lot of notes. And, and I've seen uh, volume two twice to my, you know, uh, to my displeasure. Um, 
but yeah, it it was it was decent. It was definitely like I said, it was like a six out of ten, and I I certainly I I hope that the Guardians are far more relevant in uh, which I, I have Infinity I have heard War. in Infinity War because I think they're great characters, and I think that's a great uh, universe. It, it's well, it, and I I appreciate that they're taking. I don't want to say a B superhero, but I mean like an Ant Man or whatever. Right, right, where right. It's a B these, team, yeah. Yeah, a B team and making them, you know, in, in a word, the star of the, you know the Infinity War, which yeah. is, I mean, it's a billion dollar film, yeah. not just a franchise, but I mean that's a, right. You know, no, that's, that's, that movie's gonna make a freaking billion dollars. Oh like, my goodness! Well, they so, can't, by the way, Black Panther in uh, like ten days, guys. I know. I, uh, I'm excited yeah. for that for sure. Um, and uh, well, I also say Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two loved Michael Rooker as Yondu in this one. Yeah, I, yeah, Yondu was the saving grace of that whoa, movie. I, I agree whoa. for sure. And um, all right, so I also had, I put the big sick on my list. Um, I loved Steven Spielberg's The Post. I thought it was a great drama. It. It, it was wonderful. Yeah, Meryl really? Streep, Tom Hanks, um, super talented. Yeah, I no, mean, like yeah. like who, who you, could you ask for? Yeah, like, you, you couldn't go team? wrong. I mean, um, yeah. No, it was it was great. Um, well, it's I mean we've had a lot of great journalism movies recently. I mean Spotlight two years ago. Um, excellent, man. Holy yeah, crap. yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah. I can't believe it won. I remember, being, I remember leaving the theater and, and I knew about that stuff. And I remember oh, dude, we went to Catholic school, and man, being, and being angry. I remember talking, uh, oh, talking oh. about that and being like, like I, I wasn't just outwardly angry. upset. Well, when when the credits show and they like show all the cases, oh, I started crying, man, man, dude, dude. Yeah, that that movie, like, they should show that movie in high school, like to, to whatever for like an ethics class or I don't even know. I don't care. In some yeah. like English ten or whatever, that, that movie should be like in high, after you see Romeo and Juliet, you should have to watch for yeah, the spotlight yeah, just, because. That, 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 that movie is something else. Yeah, um, but, um, but yeah, post again, great story, very important. Mm -hmm, and the, sure. the best thing I can say is, if you watch, you've, have you ever seen all the President's Men? Yes. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. It's a perfect prequel. It's really? literally a prequel. Cool. And like the last scene of it goes right into it. Couldn't ask for anything more. Um, Spider-Man: Homecoming. I really feel bad leaving this off the list because I loved it, but yeah. it was hilarious. Uh, Tom Holland is the Spider-Man on screen I've always wanted to yeah, see. Yeah, man, well, great casting. Mar Marvel really hits it between you know Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Pratt. Like Robert Downey Jr., you got to give to John Favreau because he had to fight true, for it. True. To the rest fair, yes. of them, though, yeah, they they really encapsulated their comic book characters. For sure. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's something else. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, but yeah, but Homecoming. Look, I always want to see Spider-Man in high school. I finally got it. Mm -hmm. Michael Keaton was terrifying. As the vulture, his this is what third flying role after Birdman. And <laughs> yeah, right. What is Batman. this thing with birds? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so no, I, I look. I thought it was great. It just again in a year where I had Thor Ragnarok, Wonder Woman, and Logan, I couldn't put it in my top. I'm head. telling you, yeah, some excellent superhero movies, and that's a part of the reason why I think you know Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, falls by the wayside a little bit is because if I can name five better superhero movies yeah, that you, came out this year than that movie, you can't uh, have been that it's, great. Yeah, I mean that's pretty rough. I mean, I give it an eight out of ten. Guardians, yeah. you know, I'm not, but yeah, I know what you mean. Well, um, what? Yeah, one more thing. Well, so I, uh, I was gonna throw out uh, so Spider-Man for sure. I, I, I think it's awesome that they didn't go right to the rehashing like Green Goblin or Venom or whatever they they oh with. oh oh they're going to Venom well, and, uh, and I know they are that's, I already saw that, that I'm sure it'll I'm trailer. sure it'll be excellent <laughs> yeah it was pretty underwhelming <coughs> the little teaser um, yeah and like uh, the generic teaser for any movie <laughs> ever I was gonna say yeah and then the end oh it's, it's a Venom movie guys yeah you see the little symbiote like oh, in God. the thing for like a second it's such whatever. a bad idea yeah <laughs> I don't know um, so I, I'm happy that they went with uh, Vulture who is a, a oh great a, great a, a classic Spider-Man Spider I, I will admit Spider-Man is like I, I haven't read a ton of comic books I've read some Batman Superman but yeah, Spider-Man yeah. I've read like 
as many of the classic sort of Spider-Man stories, stories as I've I mean, read. And with, I mean, I mean if, Vulture if, is if like, they're not going to do Craven the Hunter, I mean, nothing wrong with the Vulture. Well, and that's like, I mean, the whole Sinister Six, like they're setting up all that stuff, which I mean, that is like old school 19, you know, 60s, 70s Spider-Man, yep. like that's, and I, I'm sure I'm getting those dates wrong, but uh, it absolutely, to go with kind of a classic villain and to do it right, to get Keaton to do... You know, and, Such and a kind good of a, job. Kind of a revamped version of it. No, it's not, it's not a traditional suit. Adrian Toomes, yeah. Yeah, but man, yeah, I got to say, for sure, I, I was definitely, I was happy to see that. And uh, I mean, that's the type of Spider-Man film I want to see, for sure. F- fun fact, so they, they said they want to keep bringing new versions of Spider-Man villains to the screen with Homecoming 2. Mm-hmm. And they already said they're getting another Marvel character in the movie that's not Iron Man. Calling it right now, it's going to be Doctor Strange. You know what that means? The villain's Mysterio. I like it. Yeah, dude, so. Mysterio, I mean, Mysterio, again, a classic Spider-Man. Like, that's the kind of, I, in the same way with Batman, where I feel like more often than not they recycle, you know, it's the yeah. Joker, it's the Riddler, where Batman has a plethora of just It's Batman and Spider-Man have the best rogues galleries in all of they comics. They absolutely do, because like, to be honest, Venom, which, oh, this really kills me, but Venom it's is sad, my it's favorite really, it's really sad that Spider-Man villain, uh, it's, one of my favorite dude, villains. Dude, it, it, don't don't feel, it, it's, it's, it's business, like Sony, look, uh, hey, know, we Sony have these rights, we want to make money. That with dear life, man. Oh. You know, um, do you know how much they asked Disney for to sell it when they leaked the uh, emails? I, I don't know. It was five billion dollars. Disney paid four billion for all of Marvel just for the Spider-Man film rights. So he's like, <laughs> five billion, uh, Mickey. Yeah. Huh. yeah right. uh, no, could uh, Disney just buy Sony like the entire they company? They probably could outright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, let's see how many more. Um, okay. Uh, actually, I did see the Battle of the Sexes this year. Like uh, not seeing that though, I am interested. I, I think the the casting is good. I think the potential is absolutely yeah, there. It, it fell by the wayside because you know again a great did, year yeah, for movies. Did. Um, but uh, you know it had uh, you know Steve Carell and Emma Stone, uh, Billy Jean King uh, fight. I forgot the other guy's name, but uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, I, I thought it was a really really fun sports movie. And the founder came out this year. I don't know if it was counted for last year's award season or this year's because it was like. February I saw it but look Michael Keaton's been on a hot streak lately look we're he talking has, yeah. Birdman um, for a uh, Spider-Man rele- for no, he, he wasn't, wasn't relevant film and then, for like and then, a decade yeah and then Birdman then Spotlight then I mean and then the founder the, about the guy uh, Ray Kroc with McDonald's yeah. what a great movie um, thought it was really good and another one that fell by the wayside and um yeah, uh, loved it. And um, other than that, for honorable mentions, I want to point out, I have not seen Lady Bird. I have not seen um, uh, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, so many oh, movies see, being brought up. I love Daniel Day-Lewis. I, I have not seen Phantom Thread, but again, yeah. no, I'm going to see all these guy, movies eventually. It's just yeah, I haven't seen him He's yet. a guy that, man, if he, he's like DiCaprio or whatever, where his, if his name is on the little playbill thing, I, I mean, I am good it's to go. It's his last like, movie, I am, yeah. Yeah, I, I am into it. Um, I do, I, I will touch really quick, I... I I haven't seen all those. I have seen Lady Bird. Um, and again, I'm going to botch the actress's name so bad. It's okay. Let, uh, let, 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 let me uh, pull up the actual I wanna one. I want to say it's Suarez or like Suarezy or like, oh God, I genuinely, uh, I, I, I don't want to botch up her name, but uh, she's sort of like the titular character and, and she's great. Suarez Ronan. Yeah, I want to say it's sort Yeah, I'm not 100% it's sure okay. how to pronounce good. it. It's a lot of consonants. Um, but yeah, man, she she absolutely deserves the accolades uh, that she's receiving for the film. It's it's a fascinating coming of age. Now, and I kept this out of my top ten, but again, I would say this this could sneak in there. Not not a movie that's going to fascinate or excite you know the average person. It's definitely uh, coming of age for you know a teenage girl. So if if that to you is not necessarily appealing, you may not love it. But I gotta say the acting is great. It's uh, 
it certainly is a modern coming of age story, even though I, I want to say it takes place in the eighties, I believe. Okay, right. Um, but yeah, well acted, well directed. The pacing, you know, is really good for a movie that I mean, you know, it's I mean, it's it's a drama. It's there's a lot of talking. There's not a lot of action. You know, but for the pacing to be good enough to really kind of keep your attention and make you care about Lady Bird, which I mean is uh, is the um, the main character's uh, actual name, right? Um, it's it, it, it definitely impressed me because uh, you know I I had heard all of the accolades for it before. Um, and so, you know, I was going in with somewhat high hopes, but it, it absolutely met those expectations for sure. All right. Um, any other uh, honorable mentions before I... Uh, not you... really. No, no. I, I got to say, yeah, I, we I went through to the give list. The, yeah, I wanted to give the shout out to Lego Batman because I think that, that though I did not oh. see Boss Baby, to be fair. <laughs> I, I don't think you missed out on much, Aaron. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that, I think that, that stuff is ridiculous to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, and in terms of... Um, Movies now. I, I saw quite a few more movies this year that weren't on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I saw Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I thought it was a great movie, but this is a list of my favorite movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Not a movie for me. I think it was incredibly well acted. It just uh, it's like uh, uh, Manchester by the Sea. It's a movie that I know it's well made, but it's mm-hmm. not the type of movie I like to go see. Yeah, and I, I definitely want to drive that point home, which I don't know if we kind of covered that in the beginning. But these are our favorite movies, not, the, not, necessarily, not necessarily the, the best. best. Like that. Then again, like I mean, can so, you imagine if we put emoji movie at number yeah, one? Don't blow like, up my inbox. Yeah, yeah. sending me requests um, about you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What, what? What? How could you say that? Um, yeah. yeah. No. So uh, no, I I did not see the emoji movie. Um, I, like I saw Cars three this year. I was like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was there. It existed. Lightning McQueen made it. Yeah, it was okay, right? Yeah, yeah cool. he, he did. They didn't, he didn't kill die. off their their star character. No. Nope. Yeah. Did you see the new Fast and Furious this year? I, I have not. No. Yeah, that's yeah. It existed. So like. Yep. Yeah, that these are just the notable ones. Um, and in terms of actually terrible movies, well, I mean, it takes a lot for me to like pay to see a movie I know is gonna stink. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought Justice League was awful. Yeah, um, I, I definitely. I mean, it's absolutely awful. It's so disappointing. It's like when, watching a train wreck in slow motion. <laughs> well, and it's so disappointing when you when you watch any movie that Marvel has put out, even like the so so. I mean, it really it kills me because like these are so like. They're such fantastic characters. No, no, no. Just sort of do them. I I don't know if there's any need for a Marvel DC fight, but I'll start one. DC's got the greatest superheroes in the world, and um, and I'm sorry, I just like even forget greatest. But but in terms of iconic, who are the most iconic superheroes? Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman. Like who are the B ones? Iron Man. Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, like Thor, like we're talking like eight years ago. Like in the past few years, Marvel's put out good to great movies with Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Black Panther, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and DC, they can't get... Uh, a flat. They can't put a Flash movie out. They can't get Green Lantern right. They can't get Superman right. They can't get the Justice League right. Yeah, I mean it the Justice League is supposed away. to be their like Grand Slam home run. I mean, think about the. It hype. made less than any of these uh, movies since 2013. Well, and think about the hype that's coming behind Infinity War. And imagine if that, like, if we had that for Justice League. Imagine oh my if God. we had like, this, like, like know, Justice League Dark or uh, something along oh, those lines. Dude, dude. Ten years from now, if we had like a Justice League three or four with the final meeting with Dark Sea, but I'm saying, yeah, oh my um, God, that'd be like. But what? I'm saying, imagine if th- that could be now. You know, that could be if, if, it if it they had sort of screwed the. Yeah, it's it's really it's okay. Too it's bad. We're we're in good hands because uh, Michael Bay apparently they wanted to direct <laughs> yeah, Lobo. Lobo. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, let's fire Zack Snyder because he can't direct. Yeah, so th- there's not enough substance there, so let's get Michael Bay. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, you know some guy said that. Yeah, oh, um, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, um, oh, I, I wanted to see Molly's game this year. I didn't see that. Um, uh, Aaron Sorkin finally directed a movie. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to see I, Tanya because I think Margot Robbie is genius. Yeah, I've heard Margot Robbie is excellent. Um, there was, uh, what was it, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman I wanted to see. I uh, didn't get a chance to catch that out. Uh, goodbye for Christopher Robin. So I didn't see them all, but mm-hmm. man, we went through a lot. Uh, no, Mur- we definitely did. Murder on the Orient Express. I saw it. I was like, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts, uh, Mr. Larry, on uh, the uh, year of 2017 in our Lord, uh, <laughs> our film? Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I do think, man, it is an excellent year for film. I, I really do think, you know. Uh, attendance in the theaters, there's always this, oh, it's going down, all movies are, you know, whatever. I think by the Man. end with Last Jedi, I think, wasn't it, like, fine again? Well, and, and I really think, I I think movies, like, in the, I, I think TV is the same way. We're going into a golden age where we really have the budgets and the, the acting and, like, the resources to really make high-quality films, television, video games. Like, we're getting well, to the point know, here's, where... Here's what I'll say. I think for television, yes. For movies, though, like, we're getting a lot of big well, mega and, blockbusters. Yeah, that, that, that's very true. And we're getting a lot of indie movies, like, from Fox Searchlight. But, like, studio movies, like, let's say, well, let's call it between 40 and $80 million. Yeah, or just non-existent. They don't exist yeah. anymore. It's either your movie you made it, for a million and it's making a hundred, or you right. made it for 500 and it's making a billion. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. Like, so it's... um that that's kind of a letdown, but, um, and I will say this, like, um, you know, uh, in terms of the future for movies, like, you know, Netflix made a really smart marketing move, uh, mm-hmm. putting that, buying the new Cloverfield movie and putting it out. Apparently they saw marketing. it ahead of time and they knew it sucks. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, absolutely did. <laughs> they knew, yeah, we probably should put this in theaters guys. Um, I, I am concerned by having like, like for example, Scorsese's Irishman, it's going straight to Netflix. Like, yeah, does that mean that like, is that just going to become a garbage dump for movies? Well, here's the thing: like, they're spending, they spent a hundred million, I think, yeah, hundred fifty for the rights, plus a yeah. hundred for the million for the budget. Like, you know, it's going to be good, but like, I, I want to go to the movie theater, like. Yeah, I mean, part of it is the experience. I mean, like seeing Dun- like if I was watching Dunkirk on Netflix, look, I wouldn't. I, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as look, much. And here's you know the, what I mean? I, I've seen the movie now seven or eight times. Mm-hmm. Really, I loved it. Nothing compares to the experience of in being enveloped by that IMAX oh, and, and screen. I, I, yeah, I absolutely saw it in IMAX because again, it was a film that you know, if Chris Nolan is filming it in IMAX, the, the I mean, the audio was kind of tailored to be in IMAX. Fun, fun fact, you know what? Uh, you know, Infinity War is completely shot in IMAX. Yeah, very. I don't know very how cool. they did that, but God bless them. Yeah. So cool. All right, well, uh, Mr. Larry, thank you for joining of us. Of course, uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, no problem. We'll uh, hopefully have you back either in a few minutes or in a week. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for listening to uh, the uh, Nerd Rage podcast. My name is Alex Farazza, and uh, we'll see you next time. And at this rate, that'll be in uh, 2045. Take it easy. <laughs> 2049. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>